Every gift, every good and perfect thing is from God. He is the source of all truth, beauty, and blessing wherever they are found. And when we really start to look through the lens of gratitude, we see these gifts everywhere, all the time. So, in this season of Advent, let us see, receive, and respond to the gifts of the season. The gifts Jesus still offers, light, joy, freedom, and peace. Welcome once again to our Element Gathering. I am Pastor Benjamin, and um, it's so nice to be back talking with you this morning. It's been a little while for me. Uh, it's the Advent season, and that excites me. I don't know about you, but um, it's, it's, uh, I've heard tell that this year, 2020, has been uh, unique challenging, perhaps, uh, sometimes awful. Um, but, you know, it, in the Advent season, I think we start to remember that there is, as followers of Jesus Christ, there is a hope and a peace and a joy that though it sometimes feels shaken, it cannot be taken. Is that true, church? It cannot be taken from that deepest place in us and the advent season is the time that we really focus on that and celebrate it and take hold of it so kids if you recall advent that word right it means the arrival of something really important and for us and jesus followers around the world when we say advent we mean the coming the arrival of god on this planet, the arrival of spirit into flesh, the arrival of Jesus Christ. So at this time of year, we start to think about gifts, right? We start to think about gifts. We start to think about maybe what we'd like to receive, hmm? but also what we'd like to give, right? And that takes a lot of planning sometimes, especially if you have a family as big as I do on both sides. Um, but we probably all have a gift or maybe a couple of gifts that we really, really remember. I mean, really well. Probably even like the moment of receiving that gift is just just a, a Christmas little nugget of joy that's just rooted in us, right? And I have some of those gifts that I remember most especially. So here are a few of mine, and maybe it'll remind you of a few of yours. So I remember my, my red bicycle with the red tires to match, and then I got those little things you stick on the spokes so that when you ride, they make the noise, and you, I don't know, alert everyone you're coming. I don't know what, just for fun, I guess. Um, let's see what else. My G.I. Joe Sky Striker F-16 fighter jet, which was 
really big. It was huge. And I'm pretty sure uh, my brother got the uh, Cobra one, which was like a bomber, but I kind of said G.I. Joe one. So, um, uh, My Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures. I remember that. They're just sitting there, just all lined up. Got all four at once, and one, one fell swoop. Got them all four. And I also remember my Transformers uh, sleeping bag, which uh, uh, was also a favorite gift. And that was only last year. So um, who knows what can happen this year. But sometimes we, we know this. We can get carried away maybe sometimes uh, with what we'd like to receive. We'll kind of focus on that a little too much maybe sometimes. And sometimes we can even get a little carried away or stressed with the plans of what we'd like to give as well. But during this Advent season this year, we're going to slow down and we're going to choose a posture and a perspective of gratitude together. We're going to choose that together. A posture and a perspective of gratitude. Because when we really start to look at every gift, every good and perfect thing coming from God, we start to not just see things with gratitude, but we start to live from a place of gratitude. Do you see how those are different? Choosing to see with gratitude is great, but when we practice that and we give God the credit for all the good and perfect gifts in our lives, we start to live from a place of gratitude. And that leads us right into our new memory verse. So we've been doing these memory verses for a while now, and each series gets its own verse, right? So let's, let's put that up there. It's James 1.17. And the kids, I don't know, these kids uh, at the kids' corner at the end of each gathering they're nailing these verses. So adults, let's go. Let's step it up and show these kids we can memorize a verse too. All right? So let's read it together like we do. James 1.17. Here we go. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. What a beautiful verse to hide in our hearts. Is that beautiful, church? I love it. So here's how we've kind of laid out this series. We're going to take a prophecy from Isaiah because he had a lot of things to say about the coming of the Messiah. But we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 9 in a few minutes, and that's going to be our anchor passage for this whole series. But this is a prophecy about the coming of Jesus right, about the incarnation. And when we look at Isaiah chapter 9, there are four gifts that really just leap off the page at you. And you saw them in the bumper video. They are light, joy, freedom, and peace. So for the next four weeks, we're going to spend time with each one of those gifts that we receive because Jesus came to this earth. So, let's start first by taking a little bit of a deeper look at our new memory verse. 
at our new memory verse. So here it is again, James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So to break this down for just a minute, we're going to look at the original Greek of a couple of these words. We're going to take the word good and look at that one, and then we're going to take the word perfect and look at that word. So that word has a little bit of baggage. I don't know about you, but I think we can, we can find a way um, to understand that. So every good and perfect gift is from above. Let's take a look at the word good in the Greek. It's called agathos. And in the Strong's Concordance, it says intrinsically good. Do you know what that means, kids, intrinsically? It means through and through, from the inside out. Intrinsically good, good in nature, good whether it be seen to be so or not. Well, that's interesting. I think we should come back to that part in just a minute. Good whether it be seen to be so or not. In other words, the perspective of someone looking at the goodness has nothing to do with the fact that it is already good. And from the Helps Word Studies, it says, describes what originates from God and is empowered by him in their or the believer's life through faith. You know, I've heard a lot of people be a little skeptical or scoff at this idea that good things come from God, right? That, that there are things that we call blessings, which imply that there is a blesser, right? And, and I get that, right? But there's this feeling with some people out there that it's a naive or it's an unnecessary task to give credit to God for the good and perfect gifts we receive. But in this word, agathos, we start to see that good means gifts that flow out from the source of goodness, which is God. It means that things, like I said, are good through and through, from the inside all the way out. And those things can only come from the source of all goodness, God the Father. You know, a few days ago, my family and I received a very good gift. Most of you know that I spent some time in the hospital recently, which is Speaking of blessings, it's always a blessing to um, sleep on those vinyl mattresses and, you know, and a Craftmatic adjustable bed and all of that. Um, oh, a special treat it was, but I spent some time in the hospital recently, and as we know, bills from a trip like that, an experience like that, tend to pile up, right? And... Um, as, you know, life would have it, we were in between insurances at that particular moment. So the bills start coming in and like they do. And uh, we've been here before, you know, we're not freaking out or anything. We're trusting, but we don't see a solution. We know there will be one by faith, but we don't know what it is or when or what. But through... I would call a miracle and a lot of 
phone calls and research by Aaron, who's very good at that stuff, um, we found out that, that those thousands of dollars of bills are covered and also that, that we're not in between insurances anymore, that we're covered that way for the next year. And that all happened in, in one day. Now, I can look at that and say that that's just a series of events. That's just an, an unrelated series of events that worked out well for us. Or sometimes people say, oh, the universe was on our side, right? Whatever that means. Or I can look at this very good thing and believe by faith that all good and perfect gifts are from a good father because he's the source of all goodness and blessing and beauty in the cosmos because he's with me and he's for me. Emmanuel. One of those perspectives leaves me alone and at the effect of random events. And one of those perspectives expands my faith and increases my gratitude and leads me to a response of worship. That's what happens when we learn to see and learn to receive good and perfect gifts, you know. That's what happens. We begin to respond in gratitude and worship. Now, the medical bill story, that's an obvious one. That's an obvious good gift, right? But remember what our definition of that word agathos said? It said that it also means good whether it be seen to be so or not. And sometimes we can't see the good because the greater good that is coming, well, it's coming. It isn't here yet. And we can't see the full goodness of the gifts. So that brings us to the second word we need to take a look at. We looked at good, agathos. Now let's look at that word perfect. Good and perfect gifts. Let's look at that word perfect. Now, We've spent some time with this word before a while ago, and some of you may remember this word that we've studied before. But teleos, we translate it like perfect in most translations, right? But look what it means here. It says complete in all its parts, full grown of full age, especially of the completeness of Christian character. And from the helps word studies, it says this root tell means reaching the end. It is well illustrated with the old pirate's telescope unfolding and extending out one stage at a time to function at full strength. So when we can't see the full goodness, like with my medical bills all at once in one day, just bam, here's the gift. When we can't see the full thing, maybe it's like our telescope is not fully extended just yet. It's not working at full capacity just yet. We can't see it just yet, but it is there. We can't fully see it just yet, but we will. But we will. By faith, or you could say our confidence in the faithfulness of God, 
we know that he's always working it all for the good, for those that love him. And yes, that goes for 2020. Even this year, especially this year. All of this is being redeemed. It's all always being redeemed. And I know that sounds a little radical, maybe, to some people. And I get that. But the coming of Christ was the advent, the beginning of the redemption work that says that we are headed toward wholeness. There's a lot of good that's come from this year and in this year. Is that true? Think about that. There's a lot of good. Maybe it's been a slower pace. Maybe it's been a lot more quality time with family. Maybe it's been some wisdom or some perspective or some patience that we have gained, that we've learned, that we're learning. Maybe it's how we appreciate things so much more. Maybe the little things. And yes, there's been suffering and there will be suffering. That's a part of this world until shalom is the law of the cosmos. There will be suffering. With this lens of gratitude toward the good and perfect gifts of the Father, it's never to invalidate or ignore the suffering or brokenness. On the contrary, it is to see and celebrate the good alongside the reality of the brokenness so that we can lift our eyes toward the coming wholeness of the source of all goodness, just like we talked about in our All Things New series. Beloved author Madeline Langle famously wrote this one. She said, Maybe you have to know the darkness before you can appreciate the light. Maybe you have to know the darkness before you can appreciate the light. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I would add this for us today. Perhaps while the darkness teaches us to appreciate the light, the light also shows us how to appreciate the gifts of the darkness. Because that is what light does. Right, kids? It enables us to see. That's why it's a gift. That's why we celebrate with lights in the Advent season. We put them everywhere, and it's beautiful. Okay, look at our verse Again, because we need to look at the second part. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from who? The Father of the heavenly lights. That's an interesting way to put that. Who does not change like shifting shadows? Isn't that interesting? The light that we need to see, the good and perfect gifts from God, also comes to us as a gift from God. The perspective, the light that comes from God is the gift that we need to see, the good and perfect gifts that he gives us. 
I'm sure you've you've sat still long enough in one place outside maybe to watch shadows shift over time. Have you done that? Or maybe you watched a time-lapse video where you can see the shadows shift over time, but it's a lot faster than real life, right? God does not shift like a shifting shadow because he's the source of light. So light is the first gift of the Advent season that we're going to focus on from our anchor passage in Isaiah chapter 9. So let's go there. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Now this first verse might be a little bit like, what? Why are we reading this one? But you'll see. You'll see. All right, let's read it. Isaiah 9, 1 through 2. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. I mean... You could stop right there with what the incarnation means, of what the coming, the birth of Jesus into this world means. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So let's look at a little bit of history behind this so that we can understand what this means, especially the verse 1 part. So he mentions some very specific places, Zebulun and Naphtali. Might seem a little random, like why those two places? Why are those so dark? Well, if we look at a map, there it is. Um, if you look near the top of the map, you can see those two tribes of Israel up there. They're blue and purple, right? See that up there? So these are the two tribes of Israel in the north that were first ravaged by invading armies, both the Syrians and Assyrians, right? And that's kind of where they showed up first, invading into the north. So these are the people that took the full force of an invading army more than once, more than once. So it was there that foreign invasion brought war and darkness and despair and despair that the promise of a homeland that they were clinging to wouldn't last, that it was being taken away. And Isaiah sums that up with the word darkness. There the darkness was deep and original and lasting. But let me ask you something, church. Where where did Jesus grow up? We know he was born in Bethlehem, took a trip to Egypt, but then they came back home, right? And that was in a little town called Nazareth. And do you know where Nazareth is? Well, it's up there in the Naphtali and Zebulun area. That's where it is. 
You with me so far? That's where it is. That's where he grew up. And that's where he began his ministry in that region, which they call that region Galilee. And it's right there where Isaiah says is the darkest place in Israel. Now, this is cool, okay? Isaiah wrote these words as a prophecy about the coming Messiah. So let's look ahead in Matthew when Jesus actually brings this part of the prophecy to pass. And if you've never made a lot of these connections from the Old Testament prophets who are prophesying about the coming Messiah and then connect that to the New Testament where Jesus actually does that thing, well, that's worth your time because that's pretty amazing to see these prophecies come to pass. So going forward into Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. Check this out. Verse 12, when Jesus heard that John, as John the Baptist, had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. And then he quotes Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is why Isaiah prophesies that this place is the place where a great light has dawned. Jesus, the light of the world, rising like the dawn of redeeming grace in the north of Israel, the very place that had been left in the deepest darkness. We see here that Jesus intentionally begins his ministry his inauguration of God's kingdom on earth, the dawn of the light of salvation in this exact place of darkness. Now that's pretty cool. Or is that just me? Because where Jesus goes, where he speaks, where he calls, where he ministers, there is light. And where the darkness is the fiercest, the light will dawn because that is who he is and that is why he came. Earlier we talked about how the good and perfect gifts are sometimes hard to see. But when things seem the darkest, sometimes we may not see gifts at all. So think about that. Where are our lives war-torn and invaded by darkness? Where has there been loss and destruction? Where in our world have stories 
Are there memories and stories and chapters where the darkness obscured the promises that we've been given? Where has despair invaded or cynicism crept in to our lives like an enemy army? My friends, I'm telling you this morning that those are the places where the light of Jesus will show up and illuminate every good and perfect gift. All we have to do is choose to open our hearts to see it and receive it and respond to it. That's what the gift of light means for us at Christmas time in the Advent season. It reminds us that there is no darkness that the light of Jesus cannot reach down into. It reminds us that if all the luminous glory of God can gently radiate within a human baby in a stable, then it can certainly light our way today. There's an old saying that it's always darkest before the dawn. That reminds me of a beautiful song by Andrew Peterson. I almost said our friend Andrew Peterson. We don't know him, but if you if you know his music, then you feel like you're friends. Um, but there's a beautiful song that reminds me of. It's called The Dark Before the Dawn, and we're going to read the song. We're going to read a lot of lyrics, and it's going to be worth it. Are you ready? The Dark Before the Dawn. I've been waiting for the sun to come blazing up out of the night like a bullet from a gun till every shadow is scattered, every dragon's on the run. Oh, I believe that the light is going to come. And this is the dark. This is the dark before the dawn. And I've been waiting for some peace to come raining down out of the heavens on these war-torn fields. All creation is aching for the sons of God to be revealed. Oh, I believe, I believe that the victory is sealed. The serpent struck, but it was crushed beneath his heel. So I'm waiting for the king to come galloping out of the clouds while the angel army sing. He's going to gather his people in the shadow of his wings, and I'm going to raise my voice with the song of the redeemed. Because all this darkness, it's a small and passing thing. This is the storm. It's the storm, the storm before the calm. It's the pain, the pain before the balm. This is the cold, the cold. It's the cold before the warm. These are the tears, the tears before the song. This is the dark. Sometimes all I see is darkness. Can't you feel the darkness? This is the dark before the dawn. I had a dream that I was waking at the burning edge of dawn and I could see the fields of glory. I could hear the sower's song had a dream that I was waking at the burning edge of dawn and all that rain had washed me clean and the sorrow was all gone. 
I had a dream that I was waking at the burning edge of dawn, and I could finally believe the king had loved me all along. Had a dream that I was waking at the burning edge of dawn. I saw the sower in the silver mist, and he was calling me home. The incarnation of Jesus is the dawn that we need. It is the dawn that our world needs, the dawn that we long for, that the world longs for, whether it knows it or not, the light and the darkness. He is the advent of sight, really seeing that every good and perfect gift is from a good God. And that most especially, we see in the light of a good God, the gift of Jesus, the light of the world. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this season to celebrate the birth of light, the rebirth of light into this world, a light that we can have, that we can carry within us that can't be put out. God, we thank you for that tension of the burning edge of dawn that we carry in the times that are hard, in the times that feel dark. But we feel the burning edge of dawn is close. And whether we can see it or not, we know that it comes, that the light comes, that the light reaches into the darkest places if we choose to see and receive it. God, and when we do, we respond with gratitude, a deep gratitude, a, a thanksgiving that really goes beyond words and deeper than thoughts. And it's more than a feeling. It's a place where our souls respond and connect with you that nothing can take away. Jesus, we sing to you the light of the world. Amen.